Hello gamers, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cartridge Club. The Cartridge Club is a community of gamers, collectors, content creators, and gaming enthusiasts of all generations. The show that you're listening to is effectively a monthly book club, but for gamers. We pick a game, invite everyone in the club to play along, and select a couple community members to come and join the show and discuss the game. My name is Ryan, aka it's Rocket Sauce, and I'm one of the hosts for the show. Without any further ado, let me introduce to you the panel for this month. From the YouTube channel Nest Friend and the Polykill Podcast, we have Travis. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. And from Flock of Nerds and the Flock Talk Podcast, we have Catherine. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And with that being said, I am going to hand it over to my co-host, Musty, and he's going to tell us what game we are playing for this month. Musty? Thank you, Ryan, and thank you, everyone, for joining us for February's Cartridge Club Prime Game of the Month. Uh, the month being February, and February is all about love and Valentine's Day. We are playing Catherine, a game all about love and betrayal and uh, the commitment of relationships. And so we'll be diving into that in just a moment here. Uh, I would like to thank, again, the panel for being here and for those watching us live, uh, those of our patrons who are here watching us as we talk all about this game and our experiences with it. So we'll be getting into that in just a moment, but before we do, we'd like to take a minute to go over the breakdown. A game from Atlas, the makers of the Persona series, 2011's Catherine is part moving block puzzle game, part visual novel. The story follows Vincent Brooks, a software coder who has been experiencing supernatural nightmares while trying to decide between his feelings for longtime girlfriend Catherine, with a K, and the similarly named beauty Catherine, with a C, with whom he had a one night stand that won't seem to end. In these dreams, Vincent must navigate three-dimensional tower puzzles of increasing difficulty confronting other sheep, presumed to be other men dealing with the same nightmares along the way. The remainder of the gameplay takes place during daytime hours where the story elements and cast interactions are the primary focus. Spending a significant amount of time around Vincent's favorite bar, The Stray Sheep, he can chat with his friends and other bar patrons, play a simplified arcade version of the same block puzzles, and drink a variety of alcoholic beverages, which has an impact on the nightmare sequences. Decisions made throughout the game, usually in the form of Vincent's responses to confessional questions and text messages, and answers to other nightmare-bound sheep will impact the game's ending with a total of eight unique endings. Catherine is available on the Xbox 360 and PS3 and was recently released as Catherine Classic on Steam. A new edition, Catherine Full Body, was just released in Japan and will hit the States in late 2019, effectively remastering the original game, but also adding a third Catherine to the mix and expanding on some elements and story from the original. For the purpose of this show, we'll be addressing the 2011 release. With the exception of myself, this month's game is new to my co-host and our guest, so with that in mind, let's get to hearing their first impressions of Catherine. Yeah, so I guess I'll go first. Um, my previous Atlas experience, and it's still a current Atlas experience, is Persona 5. So by playing you know, 90-some hours of that game, I'm already pretty familiar with how Atlas tackles some more mature type of subject matter, and they kind of do so lightly and tersely kind of all in one. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a unique take a uh, little, every, like everything they do is, is certainly stands by itself. So I was really looking forward to this because I knew that, you know, artistically it would be 
similar um, because Persona Five is not, you know, it, it doesn't strike you as a as a current gen game. It looks very much uh, like Catherine for the most part, and so I really knew nothing prior about Catherine. I remember when it came out. Just judging by the cover, it didn't look like anything that was for me. But my box art impression when I picked it up this time, and I'm holding it in my hand now, and I remember looking at it as soon as it came in the mail. I've never really taken a good close look at it. I'd always kind of seen the girl winking and the name Catherine. But upon closer inspection, there's definitely a dude with horns uh, climbing up toward uh, a, a girl's hiney. Uh, so I was like, well, let's see what this is all about. So I tripped over the cat in the rug trying to get it in the Xbox as fast as I could. And uh, turns out it, it wasn't really what I expected. It was very much... Well, it's it's actually a lot like Persona in a way. Like starting out, you you sort of have this hub world where everything is kind of has two purposes. You have you know uh, drinking does something. Drinking does drinking for you, and also does something else with the game. Or going to the bathroom does something with the game in addition to also pooping or whatever. So like everything that's in that's real life is is sort of duplicated. So I was like, that's kind of overwhelming. I'm going to have to figure all this stuff out. And then of course my first impression of the block puzzles. I streamed it when I first played it and I was very flustered and I knew people were watching that had played it and were better than me. I remember getting very hot and sweaty, even though no one could see my face and just wanting to, to, to die because it was difficult and I wasn't doing well. So my first impressions of the game were a mix of intrigue and frustration and that carried through to the very end. Very good. Catherine, let's hear from you. I had to have, we had to have a Catherine on for the show. So uh, <laughs> it, it, we wouldn't have it any other way. So, But I'm, I'm interested to hear uh, your first impressions of this game. Uh, yeah, so much like Travis, I don't have a lot of experience with Atlas games. I know, um, so Persona 5 is one of them. I never actually really played it, but I was there for the 140 hours or whatever that Miles played. And I really liked it. Seeing Catherine, I remember seeing Catherine on the shelves and always making the joke with uh, my friend. We would go to the game store at lunchtime and I'd be like, I should probably buy that game just because it's called Catherine. But knowing nothing about it. And until um, you actually asked me if I wanted to be on this episode. And I thought this is a great time to try that game like miles kind of pushed me said it's a puzzle game you'll probably like it and i had no clue that it was a puzzle game like you wouldn't guess it from looking at the cover and then looking at the cover it didn't look like something i'd actually want to play but uh yeah i didn't actually have the game for the first part of the month so i was watching you guys i think i watched musty stream and so i wasn't really caught that off guard i watched a little bit of travis stream so i knew what the puzzle was going to be like like what the puzzles were going to be like going into it and so i was maybe less frustrated starting out and i also just really like puzzle games so i like puzzles i like figuring them out so that part really appealed to me it does a pretty good job of sort of easing you into it. So it's not like completely impossible the first time, but it does escalate pretty quickly. And we were playing on normal. So I don't know if that normal felt pretty challenging actually at times. I think the only other Atlas games I've played were the trauma center games and not all of them. And so I don't have a lot of experience with it. I wasn't sure if it would be something that I liked, but the RPG aspect, if it was going to be like um, Persona 5, I thought I would probably enjoy that too. That's kind of, I really like this balance of the RPG visual novel style with, with puzzle games. It seems to combine two things that I really enjoy. So I was looking forward to playing it for sure. Very good. 
So Ryan, this was one of the games that I threw out there as a as a possible idea, and I know it was one that you you also were new to. Um, so I'm I'm interested to hear your initial take. Yeah, like Musty said, this was my first time playing the game, and the one thing about it is I kind of I didn't know what the story was, but I knew Catherine with with a C's twist, and I, I will say it right now because I don't think it really is the spoiler of it. It, it seemed like. Anytime you ever looked into Catherine, for me, it seemed like this is the one thing they want to get off right away, saying Catherine with the C is a succubus. And that's the first thing when I what the first thing when thinking of this game, that's the only thing I could ever think of is that that's the twist that she's the evil one, no matter what. So I, I kind of knew that going into this game that that's probably gonna be a twist. Now, granted, that wasn't essentially the whole point of the game, it was just like a little glimmer and I don't know for some reason everyone if you ask about this game wants to tell it to you right away at least for me yeah so i i, I kind of knew i wanted to i wanted to get into this game with the story i was always interested with it kind of what this twist is and um i do like puzzle games but this game uh, i guess with the uh, with its puzzles is very stressful and maybe it's the 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 fact that like when you're playing something with puzzles you don't have the fear of you're going to die if you don't complete the game or finish the puzzle, which adds to the stress. Yeah, it was it was very, very stressful. And yeah, I mean, that's I guess for early impression, that's what it was. It was incredibly stressful, but I was enjoying the story. So it had me coming back. Very good. Yeah. And so with with uh, with me being the lone person who was actually replaying this, I, I'm having a hard time recalling where I was at when I played it. I, I do know it was 2012. I checked achievements. It was 2012 when I played this the first time, but I can't remember what it was that well, I can kind of remember what it was that drew me to the game. I think the cover art, the things like that are certainly have a, uh, a certain pull for, you know, uh, giggity. Yeah, sure. Uh, for, for, you know, adult males and it, all in all, I, I I was fairly impressed with it. The the game, yeah, is not shy about being a challenge, and I I think that'll be a big thing that we talk about throughout the show is is how stressful this can be. Now, coming back to this game seven years later, in and in a different place in my life, I think there's some interesting kind of things that that will dive into here but all in all i think i'm glad i recommended it to you guys but we'll 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 dive into that to kind of set up the stage for for the game itself the the game opens in pulling back from a tv screen with this uh long-legged red-haired Afro sporting uh, woman named Trisha, who's sort of introducing the game and what is referred to as the Golden Playhouse. And that's sort of this, it's almost like a, feels like a TV show. Like you're almost watching Vincent's story. She kind of sets the stage of like, this is Vincent and, and, and this is what's going on in his life and brings you into the whole thing. Now I tried to look into this because, because the concept of this felt unique and i'm like it does this exist anywhere else and, and i could find no other examples of the golden playhouse showing up in any other atlas game uh, or in any other video game period 
so I'm what I wanted to ask you guys was what did you think about the way that they kind of set the stage here and did you even feel it was necessary Travis I want to go to you first on this one yeah I wasn't really clear what the golden playhouse even was at first I thought maybe it was a bar and then I learned that the name of that was the stray sheep then I thought maybe it was a Russian hotel room but I was like that's a little too topical for today not in 2011 so i i still even at the very end i wasn't sure what the golden playhouse was in reference to um until because i kind of forgot that opening sequence with with trisha is that her name with the fro mm-hmm. I, I forgot all about that until the game ended again i was like oh yeah that's how this game started so i was never really sure like was was this all my dream and i was or i was like invested in a, in a soap opera and none of this happened i was watching it on tv or i don't know this it, it just added another layer of what's real what isn't to me so i'm not sure it was necessary honestly ryan did you if you did you like having that sort of setup to me to me it felt like tales from the crypt like that that's like one of the one of the easiest parallels i can draw right you have this consistent host who's then introducing something where the host has no part in in the actual narrative itself did you feel it was necessary? Was is there something you would change ab- about the Golden Playhouse? Or yeah, I, if I was going to change one thing, I would have it probably show up. I mean, and I mean, uh, Trisha show her show up at least maybe on the opening menu of the game because, like Travis, I completely forgot about her until the end credits. So it it's just when when you're doing this I guess, game in sections. You know, like maybe it, like I was playing it one night at a time where I was like, all right, I did my one night. I'm good. Snuff stress for tonight. And then I don't see her. So it, it, you're going to forget about that intro. I did remember, you know, that golden. I forgot the what that golden palace logo meant. Anytime you were doing the cutscenes. I completely forgot all about it. I just thought I was like, it has to do something with like, this being a series or something where I just completely forgot that this was an introduction and a story being told by Trisha. So, and Catherine, I don't want to, I don't want to miss an opportunity <laughs> to ask you about it. Did did you have any any thoughts about Trisha or the Golden Playhouse in general? No, you know what? Exactly the same thing. I until the game ended and she comes back and does her summary of everything that's happened. I was just like, who who is she again? Well, she, I actually forgot that she was at the beginning. So for me, it was just like, why is this lady on my TV all of a sudden? Um, and then I had to like really dig back in my brain to the beginning to be like, oh, yeah, there was something about this. I, I, I mean, it seemed a little superfluous. Like, I don't know if it really needed to be there, but I think she serves a purpose more at the end when you get different endings, right? So she's kind of explaining exactly what led you to that ending. And then sometimes there, um, I don't know, like, I guess based on the ending you get, there's more that you can see. So sometimes it just ends. And then sometimes she'll be like, let's see what happens in their future. And then you get another little vignette that plays or whatever. So she seems to serve more of a purpose at the end. And I don't really know how you would, if there's, even like if there's a better way to present that at the end than just going straight to three months later or three weeks later, whatever it is that they show. But it really felt like they wanted some ex- like someone there to do the explanation. Like uh, she she served to that purpose really. Cause they didn't like you, you're making so many choices and they're affecting the ending that you get that they can't just be like, Oh, that's the ending you got. 
right? So congratulations. Yeah. yeah, like, well, that's what happened. And so I feel like she's really there to walk you through exactly because it wasn't clear to us as we were playing what it was that they were testing us on or whatever, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, well, and she, in, in at, at the end, and I won't go into what ending I got just yet, we'll get there, but she made a point of saying, if you're not happy with how this went, and then she, yeah, like you said, she kind of pulled the curtain back on, on some of the aspects, which we'll get into those aspects when we talk into the story, but for the sake of this, since they're so two dramatically different aspects to this game, there's the block puzzles, and then there's the the story which follows Vincent through the, through the day and, and all of that. We're going to talk first about the puzzles because there's it's a unique kind of different style to a puzzle game here. Um, we are dealing with these 3D block puzzles uh, in which Vincent is ascending uh, what is a tower and has to do so before the blocks uh, drop off the bottom. And so uh, each level, uh, and there were multiple levels with multiple stages in it built on the mechanics that they were teaching you. The first one you sort of awake and you really don't have much of a sense. They're just like, climb, get up there. And then they teach you how to pull blocks out. So you're doing all kinds of interesting strategies with these uh, these, these blocks as you, you move them, but you always have to be wary of the edges uh, and make sure that you don't fall off the level itself. But let's let's talk about that. The uh, the game sort of sets you up for knowing that there's going to be a week's worth of of levels. In fact, there are two additional quote unquote nights worth of levels. So I want to get the panel's impression and see if you guys had. Did you guys have a favorite level? I, I we can kind of walk you through at least the names and we can we can address those. But uh, you start off in the underground cemetery into the prison of despair. Uh, then the torture chamber, the Inquisition, the quadrangle, the clock tower, the spiral corridor, the cathedral, which is perceived to be the end. And then there's the Imperio, which is the uh, ultimate final level where you you uh, are ascending to then free everyone from these nightmares. But in each of these levels, like I said, they they build upon themselves. And you were also given a bunch of power-ups throughout. And these these power-ups show up uh, intermittently, but you do have things that add additional blocks. So if you were in a spot where you needed just one more, one more brick to get to that next area, you can throw down either a white block, which is movable, or a dark block, which is not. There are energy drinks, which allow you to climb two blocks in one, mo in one movement, usually vertically. There is a bell, which can change dark blocks back to normal blocks, which then allow them to be moved. There is a uh, a book, which is there to eliminate enemies. And then uh, the mystic pillow, which is uh, what I'm going to say my best friend, and that is extra retries. Uh, and on depending on your difficulty, the mystic pillow would give you a certain number of retries. So there were actually some moments where uh, grinding to get more lives was was uh was something that you could do or at least you knew that if you always picked up the mystic pillow you were always adding a life even if you were to die after that point let me 
it's so tricky with puzzle games like this. Like, like I try, I try and think of, of, of talking about a, you know, game, like talking about a game like Tetris. Like, how do you, how do you talk about that? But there's so much unique aesthetics to each of these. And then so many different, uh, each level then has a boss as well. So the final stage introduces this monstrosity that now is chasing you up the level, but also introducing its own mechanics. So I think, some people associate these levels mostly to that boss because it is kind of this big poignant moment that drives you to complete a level and then be done with the nightmare for that night. So I think, uh, Ryan, I, I guess I'll throw to you the, the, uh, did you have a level including the boss that you thought was particularly interesting or maybe was your favorite overall? To be honest with you, like after night one, all the all the light levels were were torture. Uh, and I, I essentially, I mean, they're nightmares, right? So I guess you're not supposed to like enjoy them so much. Uh, essentially, these are all supposed to be like Vincent's nightmares, where it's like things he fears, like commitment and a child and being part of a relationship, and so they all kind of represent something that's a fear of of Vincent's here, but. I'll say this one stands out more than anything. And it's because probably it was the most challenging one for me, which was level five, the quad, what's it called? Quadrangle. The quadrangle, the, the doom bride. Ah, man, that like, that was the hardest level for me in this whole game. It it really was like the, the boss was just, I died so many times on that. And, and that yeah, was the I first mean, level where they introduced ice blocks. And so, Oh, and I hate ice levels. And I've mentioned that before on the show, too. There's one thing I hate more than anything in any video game. It's an ice level. And, of course, that's the ice level. So I found the boss boss just, just destroyed me. And um, luckily, there was plenty of, of pillows to farm in that level. So that that's the first one that is always going to stand out to me more than anything is probably that level. Okay. Travis, did you, did you have a level that, that stood out either for a positive or negative aspects of it? I would say the earlier levels were more difficult because that was the time I spent experimenting with techniques and and really figuring out how to really play the puzzle, really play the game. I I you know, I remember being, you know, streaming and Dean was kind of giving me pointers and he was like don't do this, do that and I was getting flustered and I felt like what I really needed to do was kind of sit down by myself and just go through that trial and error and figure out what works, what doesn't, what's a good strategy, what isn't. And even like at the end of the levels, when the other sheep would tell you a strategy, I didn't, you know, I'm really hands-on. So I couldn't, I could see it and it made sense, but I couldn't really process it until I had to do it two or three times in a level itself. So I think the early levels were really more difficult. Once I got past, I would say, whatever the ass mouth thing was, that was, what was that? The immoral, um, the immoral beast, which is in level three, the torture chamber. Right, right. That thing, it was like, I'm kind of turned on, kind of disturbed, mostly disturbed. Um, but it was relentless and it killed me a lot. And it was in that level where I think I really sharpened my skills because I was really getting fed up with the game around that point. After that, I don't recall a boss being that difficult. I know, you know, on paper, they all were, they, they graduated in difficulty, but that was like my first hurdle. Like once I got used to how the game worked and got used to the controls right around that time, um, it wasn't so bad after that. So that that point in the game, the really early bosses are more memorable because I spent the most time on them. Catherine, let's let's hear from you on on uh, levels that stuck out for one way or another. I think like I think I had a very similar experience to Travis. That that 
immoral beast one i think i just kept dying to first of all i couldn't really figure out when it was going to attack i think i called it in a in a chat with travis i was like i called him the licky butt monster because i didn't understand what he was first of all i don't understand what that just look up the character design what is it supposed to be i don't not at work don't don't look it up at work (laughs) i Uh, don't know what it is but licky butt monster basically that describes it all but that that one i I I don't was there a boss before that that was particularly it was just like the, a hand or something the one right? before it was so we'll get we'll get into where some of these I, I I think we'll talk about the bosses now and then we'll come back to like where the in the story that they kind of tie together but uh in the first one there's <clears throat> I believe it's supposed to be Catherine with a K with a with a fork oh. in 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 her hand uh right. and and there's a moment where she in the story where she slams that fork into the table and, and right. it startles Vincent. And that ends up being the thing that's chasing him in that nightmare is, uh, is this sort of angry fork holding. I didn't thing. even tie those two together. Yeah. I was just like, there's just a fork coming at me, but I didn't find that one particularly difficult. I think maybe she didn't attack as frequently or, maybe she like telemarked her, her attack. Like you could tell where it was going to happen and when it was going to happen. But I found that immoral beast. I just, I'm not good at figuring out patterns anyway. Like I'm not that type of person that can see, Oh, it goes, this goes left and right and left or whatever. So I just had to outrun it. And you're still learning the puzzles at that point. There's still, it's still not a hundred percent making sense to you. So it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of death. And like you said, you, you just have to, as long as you get the pillow, you're fine. I think early on, which is like strategy for a lot of games where I'm worried that I might not uh, let, I might die or have to restart from, you know, the stage all over again. I I'll farm lives and for, I had found a stage where I could farm pillows. And then I realized that it, was like not at all necessary so i had like a bank of like 20 lives and then i was so bad at that immoral beast level that i died so many times by the end of it i think i had like 50 lives but i eventually did beat it it was just that one for me i i just couldn't figure out like the only way for me to beat it was to just stay ahead of it like really far ahead of it because i think other bosses you can you can you know, maneuver yourself around their attacks and that's your kind of the intended way to play it. But that one, I just couldn't like, sometimes it would just attack. And I, I'm like, I didn't know it was going to do that. And so I would just have to go, go quickly. Yeah. So one of the things that, that the immoral beast does that I remember is that she blows, whatever it is, blows hearts up, up into the, the level and they sort of cascade down and they hit certain bricks. So if you are standing on one of those bricks and you get hit by those hearts, it flips your controls entirely front forward becomes back and left becomes right. And so suddenly you have to, suddenly you have to entirely not only flip your mentality, but then the moment that it switches back, if you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time, then yeah, you could be chased down by this manifestation of, of, a one night stand, I suppose, which is what he was dealing with in the moment. One of the levels I thought was, was ironic uh, is the clock tower because the the boss from that level was a child with a chainsaw. And there had been another level earlier that also had a child as a boss. And I, 
part of me was thinking clock, biological clock, like some kind of connection there. But that level, the child with a chainsaw would send up these. Uh, they're almost like I'm trying to think like Roombas with like buzz saws on them, and they just would sort of cut along one row of bricks. And so, if you happen to be standing on the brick when it was coming by, boom, Vincent is is missed at that point. M I S T, not M I S S E D, and the. I just found that level to be challenging. There's one point where like a whole side of it got cut off and it just, if you're on that, you're, you're toast. I almost beat that on my first playthrough and I got all the way to the top. And I think I was on the climbing to the very top block to get to the final passage. And that little buzzsaw got me, which then proceeded to me to having to do it 15 more times before I came in there. So the frustration will build and what's something like that happens. Believe me, you get, so angry with yourself because you're that close, especially on your first try, only to fail them 15 more times going forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I found that, sorry. I found that really frustrating too because you would get really far. And if you died before a checkpoint, I have a terrible memory. And most of the stuff I did was probably just a fluke. And so I'm like, how did I even get there in the first place? I know that I can. But then, yeah, like Ryan said, it would just be like another 10 tries before you, you're able to replicate whatever you did to get that far. I found that part really frustrating. And to that point, I would get really married to one strategy. I'd be like, this is the one. I know this is what I did last time. This is it. And I would do it. And then I would get up so high and realize like it's just not a feasible strategy. But I'm up so high now, like there's nothing I can do but die. But I, I found that like the the bosses that really telegraphed their attacks I mean, they were tough. A lot of them were tough, especially the, the roving chainsaw ones. But I always hated when the boss would just obscure my vision of myself. It usually happened like right before death. But that was like the most frustrating, most helpless thing ever was when they were up so close. I'm like, well, now I can't even see what I'm doing. I can't see what block I'm on. I can't see what I'm doing. And so that's where most of my curse words uh, really came out. And also speaking back to when Musty was talking about how the controls would invert. I don't know what it is. It, it might just be, you know, Xbox to me or whatever. I don't feel like the controls were terribly precise for how precise the puzzle kind of wanted you to be sometimes. So especially when you, it came to like moving around the edges of blocks and I found that, you know, you can't see the, it, it's supposed to be 3d, but you can't see behind the puzzle. And there were times where I would be, you know, and it was probably because I had screwed up and was trying to like put a bandaid on whatever I had done, but I would try to go like behind blocks. But if you go around so far behind the controls invert, you have to, Instead of go right now, you have to go left to actually go right to come around to the other side of the block. And that was so frustrating. There's so many things about it that could have been, I guess, a little cleaned up or a little better uh, that just weren't, you know, I'm gonna, didn't I'm respond kinda, the way I expected it to. I'm going to pile on just a little bit with you here too, Travis, for, for gameplay. I found the controls on the PS3 to be a little slippery. And by that, I mean, like, I didn't think I hit it that hard where I would continue to go on to another block or go off to the side now granted you wouldn't fall at the time unless you like, release it with circle on the ps3 but i found myself overgoing blocks that i didn't want to a lot and i know i died a few times especially when they incorporated the um portal blocks where if you just whoop you sink into it you're instantly dead so uh, i, I kind of that's something i caught on kind of later on in the game more than anything and that led to some frustration but one thing I did like, and I've used it a lot, was the reset button. I did that, especially in boss battles. 
you know, if the boss, like you said, if it was, if it was going to telegraph, you know, coming to hit you, hit that reset button. Hit that reset button three more times so you can maybe try to get some better strategy to get through that uh, that boss. Now, I, I looked it up a little bit, and I think on hardcore mode or hard mode, it um, that reset button isn't there. It's only on easy and normal mode from, from what I looked at. But I don't know if I could play this game without that button. I actually didn't figure out the button until maybe the sixth night. And I think I found it out by accident because I was trying to find like how to change the difficulty. So I pushed every button that I could and, and then it went back and I was like, oh, that that works too. And so I, I just abused it after I figured it out. But yeah, not, it's not me. Not me. At day one, I saw that note and I was like, I'm going to use this a ton. So yeah, yeah. I, I actually have found myself, I, I'm more of a power up hoarder. So in any game that I play, if I get power-ups and I see that they're limited, I just try my best not to use them until like, I'm on the brink of hanging myself with my controller cable. And given that this is a game I play with a wireless controller, I don't know how I would have gone about it. But like with the pillows, like the, the restarts, the retries, and all that stuff, I, I didn't use it to a fault. Like I made the game much more frustrating and much more difficult than it really needed to be. And that's just a testament to how I stupidly play games. But it wasn't until maybe the last few levels that I really was like, all right, I'm tired of this. And I was just throwing everything I could, everything I had at it. So, Yeah, there were some of those power-ups where it's like you had it and you didn't really have a good opportunity to use it. And then you see another power-up. And then if you don't use that one, then you it just it overwrites. You don't, you don't get to carry that stuff forward. There's no stacking of, you know, you can't keep uh, eliminate enemies and a block in your inventory you just kind of get the one at any point and uh there were times where it's like well i'm gonna have to use this destroy the enemies before i pick up this next thing so i might as well do it now and you know whether it's the ants or the uh other sheep or as you ascend further you get the uh sort of more like twisted versions of um, livestock yeah i mean like they have like sharper horns and they look like they're battle tested and eventually they have uh they've got you know giant swords and and if you if you don't smack them with your pillow before they hit you with your sword you're done can i ask a quick question about yeah. that um is the item button the same as the pillow button because i know i used an item once or twice when i didn't mean to i when i wanted to smack them with the pillow and I was always terrified to use my items because I always felt like I got to get to the end. And I think what it is is early on in the game, I got a a block that I was like, oh, and it really, I was like, this is the thing that'll make me get to that final step to to get to the end to get out of the level. So that going forward, I was always terrified to use my item until the very end, until I could see, like, hear the bell, because I was always afraid that this one thing is going to prevent me from beating this level. So backtracking this just a little bit here. I know I wanted just to smack the black sheep one, I'm going to call it, with the axe. Uh, and I ended up using the item when I didn't want to. So is it the same button? I, I don't I, I don't know that it was. Because like I, I feel like it was if you pressed in the direction of that enemy. Like if they were on a step below you, like you were you were one above it, just pressing toward the brick that they were on would smack them. So I don't know that you actually had to press like a button to actually engage your pillow i think it's just panic mode kicking in for me and that's uh, that's a lot of how like i think in general that's a lot about how i felt about the puzzles when i was streaming and this is again the the, you know second month in a row that i've I've streamed the entire 
game of the month on Mondays, and it's it was it was great to have people watch. Uh, I understand. Yeah, I understand. This is not a game that everybody is interested in, and I think some people watched some of it and were even like, "Yeah, this is not going to be for me," and that's totally okay. But there were some stretches where I was just. There was a moment where I realized, and I can't remember which level it was on, but I realized that I hadn't saved for a while. You were uh, on the baby. The baby was, was coming it the at baby? you. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. It was. yeah. And then suddenly, yeah, so the baby was, was the boss of level four. And I'm just like, and I hadn't saved it all that night. And so I was down to, I think, th- two or three retries. And then I hit a checkpoint and there was, there was a pillow like within eye shot of that checkpoint. And so it was like, at least I knew that as long as I picked that up every time that I would boost and get these, these uh, get the retries back. Like by the end, I think I still had something like 20 something in, in, in my pocket at the end. But at one point I was up to 50, 50 retries, which I mean, I think I had like 80 at some point. I had a lot. I had a lot. I died a lot, but um, I would always get the pillows. Like I would make sure that I always got the pillow. But I remember watching you stream when you didn't save and I was so nervous for you. It's just having to play. Like I I imagine you would just have to start that night over again. And that's just, it's just, I mean, at least that baby level is only two, right? Like, is that the one where it's just I like I think it was shorter. I'm I'm trying to remember why I was struggling. I think the one prior to the boss cuz there was two and then the was it two and then the boss or was it just one in the boss? I think it's just I, one in the boss, but yeah, okay. but it's still still you don't want to have to replay a level if you don't have to, right? Yeah, like, that, I mean that was a big faux pas on on me being, you know, kind of new to this whole streaming thing but you you get the opportunity to save between each level and i and i just i totally walked past it and i was like oops i think at one point i'm like dean help me <laughs> so friend of the show dean who stuck around for for all of the stream the entire month was was a huge help on on some of that there's some stuff later on especially in level seven which took an entire night to get through all of those I think it was like three and a half hours to get to get through just the puzzles for level seven, which was quite a labor. But yeah, it is really stressful to have people watching you. So Travis, I, I totally feel for you on on that. And you didn't even have a camera on you. So I I like I can only imagine what uh you know if you were muting a microphone and cursing out the world. Like I totally oh, yeah. get it. Oh yeah, I usually will cut loose. I'll I'll throw a controller. You know, it's I'm working through it, but it's tough. That game made me so mad. I mean, just a lot of that, and just being, um, you know, e- even though mic'd up and playing the introductory port. It was the first night I played the game, the first two hours of the game. I was like, I don't know if I could do this. This is really this is stupid, frustrating. But I think a lot of it is the stress of being watched. So once I, you know, got it to myself and and sort of figured out sort of how to play it without people judging me and and dean's very helpful but i don't want to disappoint dean while he's watching so yeah once i kind of settled down and had it to myself it it was better but i mean it's 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 a tough game those puzzles are tough there's no doubt about it yeah i want to pile on real quick here too i know i had i think 12 uh retries or hearts or whatever pillows if you will going into night two and i went right through them first the first night didn't have so much a problem but that second night 
I went through them all, and then you have to start all over again. You know, if you didn't save... From your last save, right? Yeah. So, and I think that was, like, the first part. So I didn't make it to the part where you complete the first stage and you get to talk to the sheep about strategy. This was the first thing, so then you start back over. That's when I think the fear kind of started to settle in for me a little bit, and the stress where I'm like, oh, crap, you know, this is... This is going to be bad, you know, with um, only level two. And I'm this is only level two. And I just went through 12 lives like it was nothing. So I I also like Catherine was just farming pillows galore. I was like, I think I might have finished the game with about 60 plus pillows just because I was I was not taking any chances. See that pillow. I'm going for it. You know, and the the bright thing about a pillow is it gives you two lives. So, you know, it kind of gives you that extra, you know, that little extra help. So I do want to point out, like, I, I think all of us played on normal, correct? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there are varying difficulties. And really, the, the differences between the different levels itself is a lot of it is just the amount of time that it that they take before they take away a row of bricks at the bottom, which is kind of the thing that's later replaced by bosses that introduce other other sort of attacks and mechanics but uh, i do want to give special thank you to bringing this up in the forums over at cartridgeclub.org that pam from cannot be tamed uh, youtube channel and the media mavens podcast brought up uh, that there is a very easy mode which is a difficulty that you can use there's a way to sort of enable it but the benefits of using very easy mode is that you can undo your last move 10 times. So you can back up 10, 10 steps if you've gotten yourself into kind of a bad spot. The So the stages themselves are built the same way as easy. Getting a mystic pillow actually gets you three retries instead of two. And for some reason, they give you the safety bonus, which is sort of the points at the end of the level, which depends on like, how much of the level remains after you've finished it. That distance is calculated into like a currency, which you can then spend with uh, a merchant that's kind of in every mid tier or in every mid level. But there's also a power up that wasn't, that wasn't available in any other mode. And that's called a power drink. And those can just show up by pulling out a brick. So you, you pull out one of the, one of the, you call them bricks, blocks, whatever. Pull one of those out, and there could be a power drink there. And the power drink allows you to climb three blocks at one time. I feel like very easy mode was built for playtesters who were meant to test only the story segments. And this was just like, here, here's an easy way for you to skip this stuff, uh, or just at least to make it super easy. So I, I'm... I, I think maybe that that would be a great way to go through a second playthrough. Just to try that. But I did not dabble. I actually stuck to it. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this on normal, not not turn it down. I'm gonna stay strong and I'm gonna work my way through this. But if if all of our talk here has kind of discouraged you over the difficulty of this game, there are ways to simplify that aspect of it to allow you to at least embrace the story itself. Now, we would be remiss to move away from the puzzles until we talk about kind of the final level. We, we haven't really brought up the boss for that level. We'll, I think we'll kind of we'll kind of get there. Uh, but what do you guys think of how of how the final stretch went? Uh, 
that level, if I recall, had sort of multiple pathways. Like it was like you could go left, middle, or right, and that and they kind of blended together sometimes. But you were really Travis. You you brought up a, a situation where you're like, I always committed to one strategy, and that was the way that I went. I feel like these levels toward the end, there only was one right way to go, but it, it wouldn't show you that it was that the other ones were wrong until you've way committed yourself. And so you're just kind of, here's a dead end. And is there, you know, like sometimes I feel like there was, there was just not a way to salvage uh, some of those scenarios. Did, did, uh, did any of you experience that as well? Or did you feel like that last level was, did it play fair? The whole final night, I don't remember anything ex- it really except for the last one. And I it took me a few tries, but I remember I eventually just got frustrated and just started just pushing all the blocks away from me and just made it continue to cascade. So because they would it would land with just like one or two blocks touching. And instead of trying to go up, I just pushed those out so it would continue to fall. And I eventually got myself in a bit of a predicament where I could see the ending like the last platform sell past me and go all the way to the bottom meaning that i had i had you pushed, uh, you pushed away the end i pushed away the end oh no <laughs> and so but i had enough retries that i was able to go back to a point where i could experiment and eventually i had to figure out how to push enough blocks to aim myself left more so that i could catch it at the end and so for the last level once i got past i guess the checkpoint I eventually just went all the way left and just pushed away all the blocks until the ending came to me. And I didn't have to climb or do anything. Um, maybe like one little segment because I think it gave me a bunch of the, like the, the blocks that you can't push, you know? So I would, you know, climb past those. And then eventually the ending just dropped in my lap, which may or may not be the right way to play that, but it uh, got me to the end. That works. You gotta, you gotta, come up with creative solutions sometimes. And uh, I, I mean, the game certainly opened up that potential. Now I know we've kind of talked about levels that we didn't like. Did you guys have a favorite? I figure I should ask that still. And if you don't, that's totally fair too. I'm going to say they're level seven, level seven because, or night seven, because granted there was five, five stages that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, normal. Most of the time, most of the stages had, most of the nights had three stages. One had two, which was four, I think. The baby, yeah. Yeah, but night seven had five, but they were incredibly short. So I'm going to say night seven was my favorite out of all the nights because I just remember like, you could see, the, you, I think you start one level and you hear the bell right away. I'm like, perfect. Yeah, I'm- that one was like, here's, here's, it was like, there's 10 floors. So you had a few rows that could still drop off. But yeah, that, that one was, I will confess. Dean was there for that one. Dean helped me at least get going on that because I was at that point, I think that's like the fourth level of the five and level seven dash three was beat me down. Like I get that you feel like they were short. That was a rough night for me. Like I was like, cause part of me is like, I was going into seven. Oh, I'm totally gonna get through seven and eight, and then we'll just set up and we'll just have the final night for 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 one more time. But then I was like, the fact that that took me the entire evening's worth of of gameplay, I was just like, oh. So I'm glad game, I'm glad you enjoyed that one, Ryan. The game does kind of feel like it's not going to end. Like once you get to a point, 
and then there's a cut like a sequence of cutscenes, and then suddenly you're back in 3D puzzle world, and you'd have to do it for another. I mean, depending on how good you are at it, anywhere between like you know 30 minutes to two hours. I mean, it really beats you down with them at the end when you you feel like you're right there at a resolution, and it just it's like nah. Yeah, the story the story goes places, uh, and, and we'll we'll dive into the story real soon here as well. But yeah, I I I agree that that last stretch, which the whole time they're telling you, oh, it's a week, it's a week. If you make it through a week, you can you can live and and not uh, and not plummet to your your death like all of these other individuals who sort of died along the way. But yeah, it's just like yeah, more really. I found that the difficulty too is like it varied so much and it could just be the types of puzzles that you're used to. Like I could not figure out the physics of making the wall cascade. Like I just didn't know what would happen if I pushed a block. Right. And I would try and it would fall. I'm like, Oh, that seemed good. And then I'd push a few more and then I would get stuck because I've pushed too many or whatever. And I, it was not something that my brain could figure out what would happen if I pushed it. The only way to figure it out was to just do it and see what happens. So I, I rarely use that move unless it was clearly set up. Like the whole wall is resting on one little thing. And I'm like, all right, I'll push that one and see what happens. But I rarely use that move because it would just mess with my mind mostly. So I found that I get like, it's kind of like also when I play Tetris, it's like a trance like state and I had enough lives that I could just burn them and not care. And so I would just, it was almost like muscle memory. Like I would just, try everything and try and get a little bit further each time. And then if, if I'd get stuck or if I didn't like what the way it looked, I would just retry, like I wouldn't die or anything. I would just, okay, try again, try again, try again. And I would get into this sort of, yeah, I call it like a trance like state where I'm not like even talking or you've whatever. Seen, you've, seen, like... <laughs> you've seen the matrix. You start seeing the code. And it's not that I was good at the game. It was just that I would get in this mindset where I'll be able to figure this out. I just got to like, just let my hands do it essentially yeah. and I would whatever but um when you you asked about favorite um level and I'm just curious what people thought about the escort level the one escort level where you had to complete it with Catherine with a K I've been calling her Catherine <laughs> because Catherine and Catherine when I try to because I Miles wasn't around to watch it, but I would tell like I would tell him what happened in the story, and I would just got used to calling her Catherine, so I didn't always have to say Catherine with a K. <laughs> but there's one level where you have to. I, is it always her? Do, do you always yes. finish that level with her? Okay, yeah. And so you're not only trying to figure out the puzzle; you have to make sure that she can also get there with you. You can tell her to stop so that she doesn't get hit by the boss or whatever. I just really liked how different that level was so late in the game, but it, I found it really challenging, but I, I enjoyed it. I liked that one. I was just curious if everyone else liked it too or hated it. I, I, I thought it was interesting. I oddly, I didn't have much of an issue with it. I might, I might've gotten just really lucky because there were some levels that I had a lot of issue with that other people seemed to breeze through, but I, I thought it was great that I didn't really feel like I had to wait on her too much. All I had to do was make sure that she could get up where I left. So as, as long as I left a block for her to hop on, she was pretty much right behind me. I didn't really have to worry about her being like right beside me the whole time. So in terms of escort missions, that was kind of nice that I didn't have to literally hold her hand all the way through. 
but I did like it. I thought I was like, oh, at least thank God there's something different. I'm not just on my own. You know, there's there's a wrinkle in this. So I, I did like it for the for the difference. I'll, there was I'll state that I didn't like it. And I was as soon as I saw it happening, I was like, no, no, not an escort level. This is going to be terrible. But one thing I, I kind of discovered, I, I was trying to chip away watching Musty play it. My what I did is I found out it was easier if I just didn't worry about her, just go as far ahead of her, and she'll catch up, she'll get up to me eventually. Yeah, as long as you leave her a path, yeah, yeah, don't worry about her because if you tell her to wait, that boss is gonna get her, so just keep going and she'll get there eventually. And that's the way I got through it. I had to tell her to stop once or twice because she would mess up my what my you know, pulling out the blocks here to set something up so I can climb. So you tell her to briefly wait. Then get that up there and then continue going. Just don't worry about her. Just keep going. So one of the one of the things that I happened to me once in that level was that she was trying to catch up and the boss uh rained down her like red lightning on on some of those bricks and she walked right through it. I found myself there were a few times where I was like a brick away from that happening again. And that is being an escort mission, she if she goes, you're done you're done the whole the whole level ends you lose your pillow and all that stuff but i tried to keep her at least on like if i was at the top i tried to keep her maybe no more than three or four below me the thing that would happen was when that lightning would strike though it would turn normal bricks into the crumbling bricks which only allow for a certain number of steps on it and so sometimes those crumbling bricks if you had used it once or twice then if she touches it, like it could fall, in which case then she might not have a way out. But it, it, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you managed to to make it a non-factor uh, by by just pushing through. Yeah, if you just run from her in general, I think the I think she just catches up and it's fine. I mean, uh, you can't really control where the lightning hits or whatever, but I think it increases your chances if you make some distance between you and her because I think her being beside of you actually increases the probability of you both being screwed because you have to if she's beside you waiting and yeah yeah one uh i realized we were talking about levels that i like i was gonna gripe about the final boss who will we shall name now as dumuzid the one of the hooks to his level was that at some point he would come up on the side and basically select a row of blocks and everything from that point down would drop but in all the other levels, the the blocks themselves would fall from the bottom, right? You would you would start you would it would it would one at a time, like it would give you maybe twenty seconds, and then the next one would fall. The twenty seconds, the next one would fall. This one, it's like if you got on a really good run and just was like boom, 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 and way up there, he would just move right up. He wouldn't bother cutting off the lower sections, which I suppose makes sense because he's a, uh, you know the final boss of a game. If like you were at the two thirds of the way up and he's still just chipping away, like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I found that frustrating. Cause it's like, you totally skipped animations because I'm good. I just found that frustrating in the, in, in the moment. And uh, I think I vocalized that as well. See, I, I found his previous form to be way more difficult. And that's just my experience. Cause he does like a drop kick into uh he's got the the gun one wasn't so much the challenge because there's a laser and you know where the bullet's gonna go and if you could time it 
correctly kind of like, get him to commit to something that's not where you want to go Ex- exactly because there'll be blocks that are holes so you stand right in front of there and just wait from the fire you can just move to the right or left or drop down in the bowl to go through um the the slamming into the blocks i found to be way more difficult did he have the transformation where you could change the blocks too i yes because I think that was another thing kept throwing me. That that for sure is what was throwing me off too more than anything. Like you would switch it to the nice block or to the ones that are like bombs where you walk on top of the block and then it's you see the little ignition going for it and you're like, well, this is going to take out four or five blocks now. So it's you know that that was more I, don't, I would say memorable on the challenging side for me than the other one. I I think maybe I. I had a little bit of good luck finding some spring blocks to shoot me up right away. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I got past some of the difficult parts with second form, but that first form I found to be a little bit more challenging on that final night. So, yeah, I think it was interesting that even, even up to the, the end, like not night nine stage three or four, they were still introducing new mechanics, even up to the end. Which is which is interesting with like the monster blocks, the ones that had the mouth, the mouths on it. Those were cruel because they could move on their own until you stepped on them and they across the top, and then they bit their tongue and they wouldn't move anymore. And if you tried to shimmy across them, they eat you. That was unfortunate. It only happened to me once, and then I did not let it happen ever again. I have to feel like we've kind of exhausted our talk on the on the puzzles themselves there are ways to get around it and again if you are interested in in playing through that they they all have ties to the story itself which is which is what we'll kind of shift gears into here uh, as we kind of learn about vincent and uh his relationship with Catherine and uh and what sort of is going on with him and everyone else in this world as as uh, as this week in his life is happening, and so this kind of picks up the daytime aspect of of the game itself. So these are the visual novel, although it is uh, it is full anime, and the sort of relationship elements to it. So Vincent himself, as I mentioned earlier, is a is a thirty uh, two year old coder who's been in a relationship with his girlfriend Catherine for a long time. They never really say how how long they've been together, although I have to assume it's probably been a couple of years. But you kind of meet her as they're having brunch at uh, Bistro called the Chrono Rabbit, which friend of the show, Dean from Round 2 Gaming, had mentioned that that was some sort of a allusion to Alice in Wonderland, which I found interesting. He, he said there actually was more more to that, which I, I, I didn't really pick up on others specifically for that but they're talking you know she's talking about how her mom's been asking about them and how they're doing and he's just kind of scattered because he started to have these nightmares and the the nightmares as you hear on the news are sort of symptoms that that individuals who are suddenly awaking or not waking rather suddenly uh found in the early morning dead what seems to be from exhaustion and and or a combination of like terror and uh, it's kind of disturbing altogether. But so there's these rumors and news stories going around that something is killing these 
these predominantly men and usually around the same age as sort of late twenties, early thirties. And so Vincent starts to experience these and, uh, each of the levels then kind of, like, like we said, it kind of addresses things that are going on in his real life. And that second night, he, uh, you know, after having this conversation with Catherine where he totally trails off, he, she, I think, slams the table with her fork. And then suddenly that is the boss then for that night. But I've got to ask, what, uh, what are your kind of first impressions on Vincent as a person? Travis, I want to ask you what you thought of Vincent, this individual who you are playing as throughout the entirety of the game he just seems like the typical gullible every man that atlas expected to be playing this game that he would be someone who is attracted to like the the romantic dream of having a stable relationship but is also very easily distracted by something flashy and sexy and is just a dude he likes to drink i mean it was it was supposed to appeal to the everyman and i think vincent is supposed to be that i will say lowest common denominator but you know he's supposed to be he's supposed to average out to be most of the people that played this game i could see that funny enough i think i was how old was i yeah i was 30 when i played this the first time so yeah, right in the target demographic, and uh, and yeah, Catherine, what did you think of of Vincent? And and maybe let's let's talk a little bit about his and Catherine's relationship at this point. I f- I don't know. I f- so I guess he's supposed to be like he's thinking what everyone, every dude that age thinks. Is that right? Is that was I should be asking you because is that like an accurate representation of you guys in your thirties, early thirties? Because it's not, it's not a very good portrait that they paint of thirty-year-olds, like late twenties, early thirties guys, where they are just irresponsible and like don't think about the future and stuff. I think it's exaggerated. I think really Vincent is more of a twenty-year-old to be accurate in in terms of like his maturity, but I guess they paint him as older so that the maturity of the game and like the drinking and all of that is sort of elevated in a way to where it's like a safer place. But I really think he's, he represents more of a ambitiousless 20 year old borderline college, you know, student or dropout or something like that. But I mean, there's, there are people like Vincent. He's not completely made up. He he represents a, a good, a good portion of people that really exist. And, you know, um, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's very like, you can really feel that it's male game developers, right? Because also their portrait of the woman is like your choice is the one that wants you to settle down and get married. And like, she's very singular in her mind about that. Right. Like it's time for you to grow up and we need to think about getting married and having children and starting family, stuff like that. And then his the other choice for him is the is like the freer woman, right? Like the one who's just like, who cares about any of that stuff? And that's the person who's meant to like lead him away from the, you know, your the idyllic life, I guess is what they're trying to present it as. Um, yeah, so I guess I I just never liked Vincent. Like the the more I played, I was just like, oh, he's like, he's getting a little annoying. He I always found him a little bit annoying, but I understood his 
at least my playthrough, I understood his character and his story arc. I just didn't like him. That's all. Yeah, I think I think among him and then and then Vincent has his core group of friends and they they are drinking buddies. Um, I I you know every single day and and he goes to lunch with Orlando on top of it. So it's like he and his friends are basically inseparable. But it, it, if you look at each of those personalities, you have the naive kid, which is Toby. You've got the sort of brash divorcee. I believe in, in in Orlando, like he and his significant other or, or wife have split. And then there's Johnny, who's actually seems like the one who's the achiever, but he's so much of a keep his head down. Don't rock the boat type of individual. At least that's how he's portrayed. Aside from the fact that his smoking habit um, is, is frightening. And Vincent's the same way, but yeah, v- Vincent himself in that spectrum just feels very, yeah, like you said, Im- immature for the age that they're trying to portray him, but they, but still more mature than somebody like Toby, who's is much younger and playful and kind of still energetic and enthusiastic about things. And all these other guys are just kind of like life is kind of a lot of them, I think, are feeling like they've been dealt a bad hand. But I don't know how much of that is just life giving that to them. I think that there's some stuff there that they probably should seek help for. But to rein that back in, Ryan, let's talk about how Vincent meets the other Catherine in this game. Yeah, he he meets her at the the, the bar that he attends every night when his buddies go home. He's just going to stick around for another drink because is it just because of the nightmares? And he's just like, I, you know, I just don't want to go home or something like that. I think that's the case, the case what happens. And she stumbles into the bar when he's pretty heavily drunk. Essentially you get like kind of like a blurred memory of, you know, her sitting with them basically and saying like, Hey, I like you and everything. So it's, it's kind of like that. And you wake up the next day after your nightmare and there she is in your bed. And, um, that, yeah, it's, that's that's essentially your introduction is you really don't even see her until the next morning so you know she takes full advantage of a, a drunk vincent and then and she then. she proceeds to then prompt him of like if you ever cheat on me i'll kill you like she gives off crazy vibe like nobody else but yeah travis what did you think of of catherine with a c when you first met her uh well as any guy should think, uh, I knew she was trouble. You know, I knew that the game was going to try to make me make mistakes with her and that I was going to have to try to defend that through some choice making mechanism. And I tried to do my best. And I know that the game does a really good job of. I, I can't think of any specific examples, but it manipulates you in a way that you almost see. K. Catherine as boring and uninteresting from the get-go. You're supposed to kind of want to see C. Catherine, Seathrin, as you know something that's fun. The game is going to be about fun. This this character's fun. You should be attracted to this character. So it it, it kind of manipulates you in a little in a in a small way of checking her out in a sense, as opposed to this this Catherine who 
you know, is, is dry and, and, you know, you're too good for your whatever. So yeah, I, I kind of sensed that the game was going to try to trick me into liking this shiny thing and push me away. So yeah, I tried to resist that immediately, I guess is what I'm saying. Cause I wanted to err on the side of moral good and, but you still wanted to look at those pictures. Well, you know, you got to go to the bathroom and see what options the game would make available to you on your flip phone. Yeah, and sure I mean, enough, that's not bad, right? That's <laughs> yeah, they weren't too risque. But, no. you know, in general, the just just that whole angle that they took with, you know, not not just the pictures, but just the way she talked to you. And, you know, she she didn't wear glasses. She wasn't serious. She had like, you know, her hair was a little more f- like active fun. I had like, you know, twirly twirly cues on the end. Like she was just a more vibrant character. Everything that Atlas could do to say, look here, look here, look here. Don't look over here. I mean, it was more than just the story itself. They did a really good job of trying. It's trying their best to make you err on the side of bad as opposed to good. And it was up to you as the player to try to resist that as much as possible. And they, and they introduce some elements here to the story that then have bigger impacts down the road. And so they have a lot of the interactions that you have with, with other individuals then kind of lead you to making a statement one way or the other, right. Of I'm thinking more, more in the nightmare sequences, you're, you're kind of addressing these other sheep who are dealing with the same experience and, your responses to them shift a meter. So there's this there's this meter that they don't really explain. We mentioned that it already gets kind of laid out for you at the end, but it's it's the difference between order and chaos. And so it's this meter that starts in the red and shifts all the way to blue. And you kind of, as you make decisions throughout the story aspect of the game, that meter will shift. Now, there was an interesting thing because as you begin to continue to have this relationship with Catherine, which part of me doesn't understand because, you know, nights would pass and all of a sudden she's there again. It's like, if you didn't want to have a one night stand, how are you having a two night, three night stand? Like, how is this possible? Uh, what is happening here? But Catherine, I wanted to, I, there was, there was something you mentioned when we were chatting about it, about uh, getting text messages. So you, you with your flip phone would get messages from, uh, either of the Catherines and you had a different approach than I think I did. Cause I, I made a point of answering every single one of them, but why don't you tell us about. Yeah. I, um, if you put a, what to me without knowing about the game, what to me just looked like a good and a bad meter, right? Like, it's just like, this is bad if you're in the red and it's good if you're in the blue. And the way I play games is I'm, I always try to, to do, I guess far to the right. And so I just never responded to Catherine with a C. And then every every response I made to Catherine, I I chose very, very carefully. That's like every every text message I sent to cat to girlfriend Catherine would jump my meter all the way to the right. And I don't know if I could just tell, I don't know if it's because I'm a girl, but you could just see exactly which message which message level so you can you can it's you usually have two or three choices of what to put in the text message and i would always uh scroll through every single option and then pick the ones that i thought would be the best and that's how i kept my meter essentially it it was almost always all the way to the right and so i like i ended up with the true 
Catherine with the K ending because of that. I still receive text messages from Catherine with the C. And I think that I probably still triggered most of the same, like probably all of the same scenes with her with slightly different reactions. So I don't know if it changed too much. It just, I just wanted to ensure that my needle didn't switch to the left needlessly. Needlessly. (laughs) 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 Nailed it. I did the same thing, except toward the end of the game, I kind of got bored with, okay, so I, like the moral good seemed very heavy handed sometimes. And it was like, do you want this thing that we, that, that we, the game is saying is moral good, or do you want something like chaotic excitement? It's like, well, do I want to be bored forever or do I want excitement is kind of how I saw it. So I was like, yeah, I'd like to be, you know, excitement's good. And I chose enough of those, I guess, at the end that I ended up with. And I, we, I don't mean to skip ahead, but I didn't get the ending I wanted because I started to at some point answer honestly, but in a way that I thought was still not morally reprehensible. And that was what really kind of made me mad about the ending that I got was that I made all the right choices by Catherine. But when it came to these these ambiguous questions that could have really gone either way in my eyes for either female, either either character, I was sort of punished for it. So and I guess that's my own doing because I selected, you know, things that I thought I was like, well, that's I know what the game wants me to do this, but this is really my true feelings on the matter. And it it burned me for it. But I was I wasn't really happy with with how it all wrapped up at the end. We can we can talk about that later. But uh, in general, the the moral good and the the what I sought as a person were not always on the same page. Sure. I think that meter, though, too, like they don't when you're playing through the game, it's not clear. So you learn at the end of the game that it really is a choice between chaos and order. Right. Like, are you choosing the chaotic path or the, you know, sort of like the the one true straight line path responsibility and yeah. yeah. And so it's not clear when, while you're playing the game that that's actually what that meter is. And so I was always trying to do the morally right thing and being right by, by Catherine with a K. What I found really frustrating though, is that I would, so having my needle all the way in the blue, when I would, the way that I would treat Catherine with a C is not like in my mind, I was choosing Catherine or Catherine or Catherine. Right. And so if my right, my needles all the way to the blue, then I would think that my actions would do everything to make sure that I end up with Catherine. But what it really did was it made, it just made Vincent more self-aware of what he was saying and how, and like his actions. And so there were times when he would just, he wouldn't want to, he's like, oh, I can't lie to Catherine with the C. I don't want to hurt her feelings. I'm like, why not? Like, you should totally be hurting her feelings, right? Like, you've chosen Catherine with a K. So now, like, be brutally honest with this girl and tell her to go away and never come back. Because that's, in my mind, that's what having my meter all the way to the right meant. It meant that I made a choice and that I was going to do the right thing by Catherine. But really, he was just 
trying to be more sensitive to women and their feelings, I guess. <laughs> like sure. that's it just made that. him more self-aware that way, not necessarily making him do the right thing. He just I, I found that really frustrating because I was like, I want nothing to do with this other Catherine. Please just like yell at her and tell her to go away. And he never would. He'd always be like, Oh, I feel so bad. I that's I that's essentially who Vincent is, though he can't commit to anything. Yeah, I mean that's that's the reason why he can't do anything. I chose not to respond to her text after the first time you know, responding to playing the game as I would as a person in real life. I responded to the text and then I saw the meter went goosh all the way to the left. And I was like, well, this was a bad choice. Responding to Catherine with the C after talking to Kay, there goes all my blue points. So I completely, after that, I did what any normal guy does when he receives a girl, a message from a girl that he doesn't want to talk to. He just ignored it. I, that's the way I, I essentially committed to trying to handle her messaging me. Cause Hey, I, I kind of wanted to stick stay away, you know, and granted she showed up in your room every day regardless. So I still don't get the logistics on that, but whatever. There's and, a reason for it. There's a reason for it. And, and just to, I, think, I think it's story related, but. And just to add on my other part, by selecting, I'm still been up about it because I know that's the question that didn't, you know, when I select the chaotic excitement, that could be. Cha- nothing is more chaotic excitement than than a pregnant woman. So I thought maybe that would go Catherine's way and I would end up with, a, I mean, nothing's more chaotic than that. Do you want to continue to date like you've always dated or just have a baby? I mean, which one's more chaotic? You tell me. I don't know. I do know. In fact, it's the baby. But <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's the game's choice, I guess. I may be bitter. We can move on. No, that's okay. And we, we actually floated some of the questions. So so there's a... forgot to mention that that during the puzzle sequences, between every level, there's sort of this, this disembodied voice who's kind of messing with Vincent's head uh, in a confessional booth and is asking these sort of prompts, which then force you to move that meter one way or the other. So even if you did ignore all the text messages and didn't have those conversations with people, you you still are forced to at least go through probably 14 or 15 of these questions. And so we actually floated some of the questions to to Twitter and to the club uh, and the Twitter handle being Cartridge Club NA. So we asked the club things like, what's more like paradise, a beautiful countryside or somewhere I can drink? And the club overwhelmingly said 75% a beautiful countryside. And I said, why not both? And then Ryan called me out and then I'm still thinking, why not both? I mean, why not both? Why not? It wasn't a choice. <laughs> what if you can drink on the countryside? I mean, Ex- like, exactly. Yeah. You can. Like, what if you take your nice girlfriend who may or may not be pregnant and go out to a picnic and then you can have a drink on this nice countryside? Best of both worlds. The, my question before answering is, can you drink on the countryside? And if the answer is no, then I'm just doing the other thing. But if you can get a little drinky on the countryside, it's countryside all day long because that's the best of both worlds. Yeah. So it depends was my real answer. I, I, I assume that this as you either going out to like the countryside or a, a dive bar. So what's your <laughs> more idea? Of a dive bar like, like the stray sheep? Yeah. yeah. Uh, dive bar. There you go. <laughs> the ne- the next question we asked was, "How does a life of no responsibility sound?" And the options were, "Sign me up," or "No way." And the club, again, majority said, "Sign me up for no responsibility." 
Which probably moved us to the red. No, that's <laughs> all that probably is for sure. But that's yeah. definitely the answer I chose. Yeah. So. Overwhelmingly in that one. Uh, another one we asked was, could you show everything in your inbox to your lover? Of course, or eh, I don't think so. And uh, again, majority says, of course, we got nothing to hide. Now, the question is, what about the folders, right? What about just your just the inbox, right? Who keeps emails in their inbox? File that stuff. File it away. She's uh, going to see a lot of limited run pre-orders, and I think that's the biggest thing. Other than that, though, it should be good. <laughs> the next one, and I'm surprised at this one, was could you ever be paid enough to go nude in public? And the answers are never, or how much are we talking? And 88% of the club said, how much are we talking? So there's a bunch of people who are willing to take some money. Yeah. Strip down here in the cartridge club. here. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You know, 50 bucks. We're thrifting pretty hard in the cartridge club. You know how we roll. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 50 cheap. bucks is like a whole pickup video for a lot of people. So oh, yeah. I could I'll definitely see it for the right price. You know? Yeah. For a, for a whole bunch of pickup video fodder. I mean, 50 bucks. I'm in mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Fifty bucks is your is your uh, threshold there. That's how much we're talking, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what were you guys thinking more than that. I like how Catherine hasn't said anything for like eight minutes solid. <laughs> Fifty dollars American is a lot of money in Canadian, so I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> See, you're like I could go thrifting. That's a, that's a good money. See, we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next question was, would you marry the perfect robot? And the answers were, is it fully functional or I don't do robots? And more than three quarters said, uh, is it fully functional? Everyone will, Everyone's willing to, or not everyone, but a good portion is willing to take it for a spin to try out. Mary, uh, I, though, Mar- taking it for a spin is one thing. <laughs> Marrying a robot. I don't I don't know that that's for me. It's a hey, but it's the perfect robot, right? I don't know. I I just watched a little bit of an Umbrella Academy. The mom's a robot in that show. You know, of uh, you know, it's just something to consider. Please tell me you're not Umbrella spoiling Academy. popular Netflix shows that I have. Hey, you know that right in the Ryan. first episode that the mom's a robot, so how does that make any sense? Just saying. Just saying. You know, if it's like the mom from Umbrella Academy, you're like, eh, maybe I consider it. So I've winked at my Roomba a few times. (laughs) Your Roomba? (laughs) I've winked at it in passing, but I've never considered that. Oh, you said winked. Okay. I I was afraid about what you actually said. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm like, sup Roomba, but that's it. I don't think I could go any further than that. Did it wink back? It doesn't do anything back. That's the thing. I don't think it's into me. <laughs> the last question we asked was, which which Catherine is more your type? Which one are you more into? And I don't know if we got a bunch of liars in the cartridge club here, but 92% said Catherine with a K. And 8% said Catherine with a C. I think we have a lot of really good people in the club. I really mean that. I think a lot of people really want to to err on the side of moral good. They want to be respected. They want to be seen as a good person. And that's what Catherine gets you. You get to come out on top. No regrets. Or maybe you're just turned on by glasses. 
There could be that. Yep. I, so I just <laughs> like to assume that people from the club aren't that shallow, but uh, no, you know. some people really like the sexy librarian look. So that's true. Well, so the so one one thing I want to bring up: we talked about text messages, and there's there's Catherine with a C sends you some risque photos that you can only look at when you're in the bathroom at the bar, and later in the game, you actually get an, an archived photo of Catherine with a K in the bathtub. Did you guys end up looking at that photo? No. Okay. No, because I got the worst ending you can get in the game, so I didn't get anything good. You did. I got the worst ending. <laughs> I I got a. I can't remember what my photo was, but it wasn't. It wasn't salacious or anything. It was, but it was just like I think it was like a nice date or something with Catherine. Like it wasn't. Really? It wasn't a sexy photo. Yeah, I and didn't also get, I didn't sex tub. Oh man, yeah, she was in the she was in the bathtub. Her hair was up, and she didn't have her glasses on. I saw that on your stream, and I was like, yeah. I didn't get that photo. It's not like I was like upset or anything, but also, um, I was upset. when I was watching Musty's stream, I was like, I did not get that. I had just I was just a little bit ahead of you when I was watching the stream, and you got your second photo from Catherine with the C, and I was like, my photo did not look like that because that's when she's wearing like the leather devil dress, whatever, like the lingerie. Yeah, and I was like, mine was she was just wearing like a little pink nurse's outfit with a syringe or something in mine. But my third photo was the same with just the, the red ribbon. ribbon. So I was like, it was a big jump for me because I didn't have anything like super revealing up to then. And then my third photo was just like basically naked. I'm like, why? Why did it jump so much for me? But so I think maybe that ribbon photo is just like everyone gets that one at the end. But that could be. I like how one of yours was a Blink-182 album cover. I never got that one. <laughs> I did look at all of them. I didn't think any of them were like over the top, which I guess. I mean, sounds- compared to what happens now in with with phones, because I mean, that, that was with a flip phone. I'm curious how those pictures got taken in the first place. Yeah, what kind of megapixel we're we talking camera here? Because my flip phone camera, that wasn't that good. But it's not quality. like she was taking selfies. Selfies yeah, they really weren't didn't even selfies. exist at that point, right? That's like, a really good point, Musty. Now I'm very curious about going back and viewing all the pictures again with extra scrutiny. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. Who knows? Maybe you'll get the different ones this time around. Take a screenshot and then zoom in. You really want to be able to see all the details. So. Right. Okay, so. good. Thank you. I will do that. Yeah, Is that's... there anti-aliasing here? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> So Travis, you you mentioned being unhappy about the about the ending. I'm I'm, I'm trying to get how much more of the story we want to kind of hit. Like there's there's some there's some story beats, and eventually Vincent kind of comes to terms with, uh, with a decision, and the decision is going to vary depending on how far your meter is in one direction or the other, right? Like he kind of makes a decision: Do I want to be with Catherine with a K or Catherine with a C? And so. Uh, depending on where you're at kind of drives to some aspect, the ending you mentioned being dissatisfied with how yours played out. Do you want to kind of talk through what you got and why it was, why it was something that, that you weren't happy with? Well, you and I, you mentioned that when I mentioned my ending, you said yours is worse, but I don't, I didn't see your ending. So I don't really know, but I got the Catherine bad ending and I had a lot of, 
blue going. And I'm so when I say Catherine bad, I mean Seathrin bad ending. Oh, okay. I was I was on the side of blue. I tried. I maintained blue, and I even got cocky. I was so far in the blue that I I decided to have a little fun at the end. I'm like, I'm pretty blue. Everything's going to work out. And even given that escort mission, I think kind of leaves you in a place where you think everything's good with Catherine. You're like, okay, I can wrap this up. And then you go through that last sequence, and then suddenly I'm in the bar with Catherine, and I'm like, why are you? What are you doing here? We've broken up. I think at least at this point twice in the game so far. And um, I'm extreme blue and I must have, you know, said some answered some stupid questions. But essentially, I end up asking her to to marry me, which as soon as that starts, I drop the controller. and I'm just looking at TV like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I'm very upset with what's happening because this is not what I wanted at all. I kind of wanted Catherine to at least be friendly with me at the end, if not completely marrying me, but for for sure, just be on good terms. And I didn't get any of that. And then she declines because she's, of course, as I suspected the whole time, some kind of witch or demon. And so not only did I get to ask the wrong girl to marry me, she says no. So that's like the worst ending I could get in the game. And I played most of the game with some air of moral superiority. So I wasn't very happy with the end at all. You win. You win. That's uh, yeah. I, I I win now. Yes, you win. Yes. <laughs> so my my ending was I and I for some reason my meter really kind of stuck to the middle. Like I was almost in that section that was still gray, like right neutral, kind of a little bit trending toward the blue. And so the you know the story happens that the escort mission happens, and then Catherine says she doesn't want to be with you and that she really she knows you've been cheating uh she wants she wants out because she knows that you're not that you're just not that into her and meanwhile my vincent is like no like i've made my decision this is what i want I, i want to marry you like this is this is what i want i want that and she's just like no no and she just kind of leaves and through talking with and kind of getting the revelation about what the dreams are and why the dreams are there and who's kind of driving all of that. There's an arrangement made to then have Catherine show up the following day, assuming that Vincent survives the final night. And so she shows up. I push for it. I push to get back. You know, Hey, let's get back together. Let's get back together. And she basically just says, no. And so I, I got the refusal on the side that I think you wanted Although you didn't want the refusal at all, but you ended up, that's brutal that you ended up asking just be just based off of some of the questions that they throw at the end shifted you entirely to the opposite side of the spectrum. That just doesn't, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Imagine asking the wrong girl to marry you. (laughs) And, and then she says no as well. It's, it's the worst. It is the, it's, it's worse than my prom experience. Well, and she can't be with you because she wants to continue succubusing, right? I know. She didn't even love hate me so much as a demon that she would marry me just to make my life miserable in hell. She was like, nah, dude, you're a loser. I'm I'm done. It was it was bad. I I watched some of the endings here, and I believe I saw the ending. I think she just says, I'll think about it, right? And then she walks away. 
Yeah. I mean, that's another good point. Doesn't even give me closure. Leaves me hanging. <laughs> I, I watched all the, I watched all the endings. I got the true Catherine ending. I think it, that's the same one that Ryan got, I think. And I watched Musty stream your ending. And it it's the, the part that I, I was shocked about was just how abrupt it was. It just ended. And that was the end because when, when you get the true ending, it's like a really long cut scene. Then it goes to the playhouse. She explains about how like, Oh, everything's going to like, I hope everything works out. And then you get back into the TV and you watch like another really long cut scene and then you stay through the credits and then there's like more stuff after the credits, even like a whole, another scene after the credits. Yours was just like the end. He just fell and, asleep. He just passed then, out, <laughs> he just passed out on the table <laughs> because he then, finally, he finally was free. And and, and that was, I, I guess something that they were saying is like, Hey man, you got what you want. You can you can now, although they didn't understand that he had kind of now made this commitment to like being ready for a baby, being ready for marriage. Like he was like, I'm I want this now, but like she ended up not being pregnant, and then yeah, and basically he just exhausted to the point where he just fell asleep. He just falls asleep on the bar table, and I was just dumbfounded because the ending that I got the first time I played through. And I will I will need to preface this by saying I did not answer these questions this way because I felt that way. I'm not that type of individual, but my meter was all the way red because that's just how I wanted to play. Like, be you you were kind of talking about how like when you look at that that meter feels like it's a to some it feels like it's a good versus bad, like uh you know that that there are finite. Uh, K and C on the end of that meter. And I wanted to play it at that that age and that where I was at in my headspace. I wanted to play it that way because it was like a departure from like how I would act in real life. Um, and so I got the true Catherine with the C ending and that ending is insane. And I don't know that I can do it enough justice, but it ends up that she accepts your marriage proposal you end up meeting her father who doesn't want her to get married. And then she even gives up the whole being a, a love demon for you. Although the pre the, the requirement is that you have to come live with her in the underworld. Watch it. It's delightfully hilarious. I, I, I wish that one of you would have experienced it so that you could have seen it, but the video is still is still worth watching. No, it, it definitely is. I watched that the other day and it makes me I like I said I had the Catherine with the K, the Kath The marriage the like yes, her marriage I, ending, yeah. I got the the happy good fun ending for that one. And I, I was really happy with the ending. I really enjoyed it. But upon seeing that ending, it completely made me want to rechange my decisions for that whole game because it is by far and away the best ending in the whole game. It, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. I, I don't want to give that one away because that's how good it is. It's yeah. it's really, if, if we're going to commit to one thing in the game, make sure that's the ending you go for because it's it's that good of an ending. It's it's hilarious. And I mean, I mean, if you want the happy, good, fun ending, sure. But that one's like the best, best ending period. Was there, there's a point in the game and does it happen no matter what, where Vincent and Catherine with a K break up? Does that happen? Did that happen in all of your games? Yeah. 
so I guess that always happens. And there was a there was a point where I was just like, good. Like I feel like Catherine with a K deserves a lot better, <laughs> right? Yeah. But then there's that part where she lies. She doesn't lie about being pregnant. She finds out that it wasn't true, and she withholds that information from Vincent and says it's because she didn't want to lose him, right? And so she has this. I mean, nobody's perfect. I know that, but it was just like now I don't care. You guys deserve each other. Like what? <laughs> like you're, you're neither of you are perfect. And I feel like you can probably make it work out. And I was, I was happy with the, the uh, true Catherine ending. I, Cause I was just like, whatever, at least they're not going to burden anyone else. <laughs> That's how I started to feel. But um, I watched, did you watch any of the freedom endings? So there's, there's good, bad and true endings for both Catherine's. And then there's just a good and bad, freedom ending where he i guess vincent just chooses like you know what i'm good like i'm just i don't he, need either though cho chooses neither and yeah parts on <laughs> amicable terms with him the good freedom ending is like he bets money on a wrestling match and female wrestling female wrestling wins a bunch of money and then he's like now i can go to space and that space program <laughs> Like that Elon Musk style space yeah. travel thing. I was like, this is this is your freedom? This is what you want to do with freedom. I'm like, I feel like you haven't learned anything because that's a lot of like needless spending. Like you could still it was be like eighty grand, free. right? I think it's like eighty thousand dollars to go to space. Yeah. And then least, yeah. yeah, it was I guess that's true freedom is just leaving the planet. That's as about, literal as you can get. Some of those endings were like twisted metal endings. Like, <laughs> yep. like the game was steeped in some facet of boundary realism. And then at the very end, it was like space. Why not? Let's just do space right now. Or hell, we'll do that too. Yep. Like whatever. Like they just threw it. Like it, it sort of cheapened everything in the game for me when, you know, I, of course, my ending was awful. So I looked the rest of them up online. It, they feel like such giant cop outs for writing an actual ending that I was like, I don't know if I would have been satisfied with most of these, to be honest. So let's 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 riff on this a little bit more. Like what what about the story? Seems like we're all kind of lukewarm on on Vincent as a as an individual or maybe the way that he's portrayed or written, but like what other aspects of the story are there other aspects of the story that you were not a fan of, or maybe you're like, I don't understand why this is there or like Catherine, let's, let's have you hit on that. Were, were there portions of the story or how like the whole visual novel thing went that you were aside from what you've already mentioned that, that you just weren't as keen on. Um, I didn't really think about it. Like I've, I found, I just found that the introduction of Catherine with the C like very alarming. Like is she just, you, there's no explanation. She just shows up and then she's in your bed. And um, I found that like, there's so much time given to those mornings every morning with her in bed. And I just, I didn't really care for that. Like, because I had already chosen, right? And I was like, I want nothing to do with this. And it's a lot of time spent on that, which is, it needs to be. But yeah, I just, I I had a hard time. Like I knew I wanted to pick Catherine with a K, 
but there weren't a lot of interactions with her that really, really made you feel that way. Like I just knew in my mind, that's what I wanted, but there was nothing, there wasn't enough in the actual like cutscenes and stuff like that. Like there was some stuff with her, but it was very Catherine with the sea heavy. I found, mm-hmm. which is like, fine because that's what the game is called but yeah that is uh, her namesake on the cover <laughs> but then it's a picture of like uh Catherine with a k on the cover it, it depends on what version the ps3 version oh. has Catherine with a c on the cover yeah. all right well i have the xbox yeah. version okay yeah so. yeah well i mean for for a game that masquerades choice and player agency you you don't mm-hmm. you don't have much right yeah like l- l- like you said why why isn't there why didn't you get on the phone, man? Like, call her, talk to your girlfriend. Like, a full week, and you barely see you, you see her at lunch twice, and then you get like two phone calls and a couple text messages, like over the span of a week for a girl who just told you that she might be pregnant. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, like you see Orlando and you have lunch with him way more than you see Catherine with the K, yeah. right? And Travis was saying earlier, like it really sets you up to just just focus on Catherine with a C and. It's 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 fine. I just think that there there could have been a little bit more balance, but the the game is is like very very like manipulative in that sense. But you don't you don't really realize it as you're playing. But when you're done, you're just like, well, I know I chose Catherine with a K, but I don't really know why I chose Catherine with a K. It's just yeah. you you know one thing I I want to say real quick, and this ties in towards the wrapping up part of the story is when you're presented by a boss, uh, and this is at least the story I had and. I don't know and if it's so boss. So boss, just so we haven't addressed who bought boss is the bar owner and is kind of the observer of this whole thing who has a bigger role to play, but go ahead. Yeah. And essentially you find out here at the end of the game that he's kind of behind it all. And the one thing when it's kind of wrapping up towards the end, and I'm, I'm assuming this is how I played it. I assume the whole game is like this every, every way you find out that Catherine, he tells you is a succubus and she's not really real. So, and then Vince comes, Vincent comes to the realization then if she's not real, then it's not cheating. But makes me think about it. I, for, for a minute, at first, when I first heard this, I thought, yeah, okay, yeah, then that isn't cheating if this was all hallucination, right? Uh, but then I think about it, Catherine flushed that toilet uh, when uh, Vincent was talking to Catherine with a K when they're having this conversation. And he makes up some story about, oh, that's just my boss. He spent the night. He's sick. We got drunk last night and everything. So she was real. So Vincent really did sleep with the succubus, which was cheating in my in my eyes. So, but I don't know if that's for both playthroughs. Like that Vincent comes to that realization, oh, well, if she wasn't real, then that wasn't cheating. So I can I still have a shot at Catherine with a K. So you know, and he tries to he, he explained it to her in my ending that that didn't happen. That never happened. And then all his buddies come around. They say, "Nope, that didn't happen. She was never here. We never saw her, and it was a all hallucination." But I, I assume that that you and you and the boss have the same conversation. That oh, she wasn't real. She was a succubus from another dimension. So, so Travis, you you had the ending where like did boss go through that same conversation with you? Yes, uh, which actually added to my frustrations uh, for my ending because I was like, "We've been through this. She's not real. Why are why are we asking her to marry us if if this isn't something that's can that can be actually achieved?" So yeah, yeah, I got the same ending, and and it it, it only added to the frustration of my ending. Honestly, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, yeah, well. So I I feel like that's going to kind of wrap up our, our portrayal of the story, but I want to get an overall feel for the entire game, both segments, the story elements and the puzzle elements, and how you guys felt it worked on a graphical standpoint. A lot of the game was done in cutscenes, but how did you feel about how... did? Did the game accomplish what you wanted it to accomplish? Was it visually stimulating? Uh, Catherine, let's let's start with you. What did you think about the graphics of this game? You know what? I'm not I'm not really into anime. Like I just don't watch any. I've never never really gotten into it. I don't dislike it, but I just am not really familiar with it. Because I have seen Persona 5, like I've watched Miles play all the way through that, it w- it ha- kind of had a similar feel. This had, it felt like this had more of the actual like animated segments as opposed to just like the, you know, the stuff in the bar or whatever, like where you're actually interacting. It actually had a lot more of the cutscene, fully animated segments, which I didn't mind. It, it was... I liked having the break from the puzzles, but I much preferred all the stuff in the bar. Like I'm, I liked making sure I talked to everyone that was in the bar that was available to me to talk to and do like, I played the Rapunzel game, which is like the mini game inside of the bar. I play, I did, I like doing all that stuff in the bar so that I, I watched the, I didn't skip any of the animated segments, but I was just like, because I don't, I'm not super into anime. I was like, I could take it or leave it really, but it was good for the story, I guess. I, I, there was so much that was really weird about the story that came up in those, like with the ants and the, like, just a lot of weird kind of, I guess, surreal stuff in them that left more questions, like, like unanswered questions than, you know, than it ever really explained. But yeah, I was like, I didn't hate them, but if they weren't there, I wouldn't miss them. Okay. Travis, how about you from a graphical standpoint? Did this pull it off? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it just being uh, the limited puzzles and the storytelling through the anime, it didn't really need to be much more than it was. I don't think it being graphically more or less would have really impacted the gameplay. I think some of the mechanical shortcomings were, were just that it didn't, it didn't hinge on the graphics. So yeah, I think it was fine. It got the point across. I don't know that any, you know, remaster or anything is really necessary to up-res anything, anything like that. I think it's it's essentially fine as is from a visual standpoint in my eyes. Okay. Ryan, how about you from firm graphics? Yeah, I'll share the same settlements that Travis had that it looks fine uh for what I saw with it. It didn't I didn't see like, anything like blur or dithering or anything like that that say, hey, this could used to be cleaned up or something like that. Uh, one thing I'll say that I kind of really liked is the animation of Vincent, like before starting level, the little climbing up the the stairs. I, I love that little animation for some reason. I, I don't know why. I just, I, I thought it was kind of, I don't know, funny or, like or the, like the, the one where they're showing like, here's the, here's the, the tower mm-hmm. and like him running. Castlevania style. Yeah, you're running in. Here comes chapter eight. And then, you know, before proceeding, you just see the little animation of him running. And I don't know. I I love that little animation. So, gotcha. There is the killer. Do not die. The, from a 
yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you guys that graphically it works and, and it still works now. You can definitely tell where like this was truly animated and this was this is in engine stuff. But yeah, I, I I liked how it all looked. I thought, you know, the characters all had unique aspects to them and uh you know, with the exception of some of the some of the side characters that sort of popped in, those guys were kind of forgettable to the point where I I, I don't have I'd have to look at a cast list to really know all of their names, but yeah, I mean, I I think it worked. I think some of the like overly exaggerated like Vincent's eyes like like just didn't do it for me. Like he looked like an actual sheep. His eyes were so far apart. He could have passed for a human sheep man. Human sheep man. Yeah. The little moments where he would wake up and his eyes were red were freaky. But yeah, I, I, he there were some little things in those moments, like in the game engine moments where he looked off. But when he's walked around the bar, you really don't see it because you're pulled away enough. You're not uncanny valleying that, although it's just a just a drawing. So, uh, but yeah, so that'll kind of wrap it again with general consensus here is that we've, you know, we don't know that a, f- a true remaster is going to do much more than maybe clean up some of it, but not all, there's not a whole lot to be improved upon. I was going to just say, I think the style on the levels, the the puzzle levels was done really well. Um, so graphically, I think those pulled off what they needed to, but uh, the other big aspect that plays into this whole thing is some music, which some of it I feel like was a little bit in the background, but I, I still want to throw to you guys, uh, you know, did you have, tracks that stuck out to you or certain moments that uh that didn't grate against your eardrums uh ryan let's let's start with you on 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 music so the one track that i think i enjoy the most and if you listen to it the track's called it's a golden show No, I love that the beat for it. It kind of, um, it it kind of starts off with the piano a little bit, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of the background music in Resident Evil Two, the original. Mm, and it, okay. it starts off before before the then a drum beat kicks in, and then a saxophone or something. And it it really picks up, and it's I don't know, it's 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 pretty catchy. But like, I just love the the music how it it, it starts off like that. Okay. Catherine, did you have specific sort of songs or like aspects of of the soundtrack that stuck out? Um, you know what? I didn't I I didn't really pay too much attention to the music, but I'm I liked I think it's called Pandemonium.
I think that's what it's called. It's just the music right that starts right at the beginning of the nightmare when Vincent walks into the first stage of, of a level. And I just like it because it has like a really horror themed, like it really feels like a horror movie soundtrack at that point. And I just like, I like that. And I like, like the stray sheep or any music that I could identify what was happening in the game. Like, Oh, I'm in the, I'm in Kappa heaven or which is where he has lunch with Orlando or like any music that like, that allows me to like visualize or figure out where I am. And, and that, uh, that, pandemonium music really sets you up for starting the nightmare however many stages it's going to be so that's the only one that really stood out to me i think okay and travis any uh, any specific uh songs or moments that uh that stuck out to you in from the music uh no not really i think i played the ass mouth monsters so much that at that point i just switched to podcasts and just went straight murder podcast for the rest of the game not to say that atlas doesn't do great work i mean persona 5 is is amazing they're they're known for being stylistically um i guess they they don't really conform to what a lot of other games do i'm sure it was great i just didn't i you know to get me through the game i needed something else in my ears so um I opted for something different. Okay. That's totally fair. Uh, for me, I think the one, the opening track, which is called Yo, which is sort of like their opening credits sequence, uh, is kind of this like uh, interesting hip hop take. Uh, and, and, and it really doesn't ever come back at any point throughout the throughout the game but that it's kind of a short little jingle that's kind of a open yeah like i said opening credit sequence you're kind of meeting the main character and that the here's catherine here's catherine I like that, but really, to me, not a whole lot else stuck out. I think one of the things that came up from the uh, stream is that there were some people who found some of the found some of the tracks to be particularly grating. Uh, there's one that sounds like it, you're like in, in a, a strange, like insane circus type of deal, and then also if you get stuck with the bell ringing, apparently a lot of people don't like the way that the bell just continues to ring if you're close, but you're not finishing the level. Uh, I think it even perpetuates through some of the landing page, uh, or the landing area where you would be able to talk to the other sheep and stuff like that. But yeah, that bell was that bell was rough. And I, I know at one point somebody turned, told, asked me to turn it down. Uh, so, <laughs> so I did to appease them. But yeah. It's it's kind of tough because the, the the whole game is sort of written with with the with just ambient music because you're going to be in so so much of a dialogue heavy. Uh... Well, there's also like you know like I don't want to say classic tracks, but you know songs that people are familiar with, like the Hallelujah when you complete a level, and there's there's some other tracks like that too. Um, that I'm not thinking the names of off the top of my head, but they're definitely like your common everyday tracks that I don't think have, you know, a trademark on them that anyone can public use. Public domain. Public domain yeah. tracks, so. 
Okay, so obviously uh, we want to take a moment to, again, thank thank the those of us who are here for playing the game of the month, um, but we aren't necessarily the only ones. So I want to kick over to Ryan, who has some input from other members of the community, some of which who did play the game also, and some who just had some general thoughts about the game in the moment. So uh, Ryan, how about I kick to you for this? Yeah, so we have a we have a bunch of community members who play with us and notably ones who've taken pictures and show us that they're playing. We have self-destructo and church and mighty Q dog and James retro pixel. And he says it was, this game has a captivating story and Vincent sure has got himself in a lovely predicament uh, church here posted his thoughts. And he wrote, he's had this game for, for years and it's a perfect time to finally play it. Uh, it's quite saucy. Got the true ending for Catherine and he played through it again to get the true ending with Catherine with a C. He said he's surprised on how much he had fun with it or how much he enjoyed it. And he's pre-ordered the full body edition. So he was all on board for this game. You you also reached out and you know to those who maybe hadn't aren't playing along, but that uh had thoughts on the game as well. And we we actually got one uh there too, right? Correct. Travis, would you like to take <laughs> Yeah, I'll do the last one here. Estelia at Estelia's Lair says, I like it. The puzzle sequences were fun. Animated scenes were top-notch. The bits of trivia about drinks are fun. NPC interactions and arcade game at the bar were fun. Vince is a fun dork. Catherine with a K is wife material. Being trans, I wish they had treated Erica better, though. And I didn't get that ending, so I'm not sure how they treated Erica. Can anyone speak to that? I, I can a little bit, and, and at least in the Catherine true ending, um, I think that's essentially where uh, I think they said they kind of hinted at it in the game. Now, it went way over my head with Erica being revealed that she is trans in the game. It, to me, it wasn't to the very ending of the Catherine true ending that is revealed uh, that she was once a man in high school because she was buddies with them in high school. Him, like Orlando, Vincent... Johnny, they're all buddies, and she was known as Eric in high school. So um, now, when she says they, you know, she wished they treated her better. From from coming from that impression at the end, I think that they were all friends in high school. So I think when they kind of riff on her a little bit, I think it's just kind of maybe busting her chops a little bit because she's she's a buddy of theirs from high school. So in I don't know, that's just my impression for it. I can I can speak to this a little bit because there were some comments that I that I found if you really exhausted the conversation dialogue with her in like after most of the bar had cleared out she would usually sit down at the bar with boss and you could sit down and talk to talk to her and there was there was one point where there there were actually a, a couple points where I think Vincent actually like he says something to the effect of like. Erica makes a comment about how, like, oh, you definitely, you know, any woman would know that. And he makes some comment about, like, yeah, I should probably ask one or something. Like, like there's some points where they, they, he, he's almost digging at it, at the fact that there's this one point where Erica says she wants to get into female, uh, to women's wrestling, that she'd probably be really good at it. And he's like, yeah, they wouldn't even let you in. And it just, it just kind of creates some mystery there that they never really touch on until. They don't, and then they, and, and and then in the final, yeah, in in the true Catherine, and they actually call out the fact that that, you know, she was born as as Eric, but 
the she also there's, the dreams. She yeah. does mention that she starts having dreams uh, after she gets with Toby, and I think I've I think I've drawn a conclusion as to that. I I, I was trying to read into it a little bit. I didn't want to dig too deep on it because it, it really wasn't going to be super relevant for the podcast. But the concept that Boss had was that he's doing these dreams to weed out those who aren't going to further the human species. And the thought is, it's not stated anywhere, the thought is that because Erica is in a relationship with Toby, she's preventing Toby from being in a relationship that can have children. And that's why she's having the dreams. Makes sense. Because that's his plot towards the end of the game that's revealed. That's, you know. Let's like ignore the fact that underpopulation is the main problem in this game because no, that's just the vil- that's just the villain twist. The, the the main plot, I think, of the game is no commitment, you know, not, a person not being able to decide what they want to do with their life. That they're just milling about for, you know, for years, I guess. Yeah. But he explicitly says that like they're not making enough babies, essentially, right? Well, yeah, that they need them like like livestock, like sheep. He, yeah. he, he needs to keep the world stocked, uh, and and those who aren't pursuing that uh, are yeah. It, it really goes off the rails. Maybe it's <laughs> not Earth or a parallel universe where there be. aren't enough people. Maybe I mean, they're in space. Not enough people would be a nice problem to have right now. Okay. That's as political as I'll get. <laughs> Just well, to Estelia's point, maybe they should have treated Erica better and the whole topic of that better. But uh, in 2011, the fact that maybe they even acknowledged trans was sort of progressive for that time. I mean, that was only, what, eight years ago? I don't remember many games really touching on that at all. So maybe that's that's some positive you could take from that stance. But I definitely get that maybe it could have been better or at least better recognized in some way versus just kind of adding a shroud of mystery and then sort of feeding you bits here and there and letting you piece it together uh, and just confronting it up front. Maybe that's the point that Estelia was trying to make. Yeah, it was pretty, it was just a pretty casual mention, right? And so it seems unnecessary to mention it at all if you're not going to turn it into something or really, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause she's such a secondary character, like, tertiary character really right she's just she's she's a lot of exposition right she kind of helps be the one who's like i've been hearing these stories because i've been seeing the news and hell did you hear about she's she's like the the gossip that's not just the buddies although she is friends with them you know has been for a long time Yes, and again, again, th- thank you to those who who took the opportunity to play along uh, this month. Thank you for those who who had your impressions. And we hope that people continue to vocalize those things with the games that we're selecting. But at this point, want to hear what this panel thinks and what our kind of final impressions, how we feel about the game, final thoughts, and kind of put a bow on this whole thing. Travis, I want to start with you. I'll let you kind of give your final thoughts here. Is there anything you feel like you could change? Do would you? ask your friends to subject themselves to the game and uh you know do we need the body edition uh i actually i think it's almost too soon to retroactively appreciate this game i think 
15 years from now, maybe we might look back and be like, wow, that was fairly progressive game for its time being that, you know, it was a, there, there are certainly other like PC games and stuff that might tackle a lot of these topics, but this was one that tackled some topics and, and introduced characters of, you know, even what we just talked about with the trans character that a lot of games weren't doing. So in, in some ways it was kind of ahead of its time for 2011. It had morality meters. Uh, there were games inside games like Rapunzel. That wasn't a, extremely uncommon but this one was actually pertinent to the game you could actually go into that game in the bar and and hone your skills you could make decisions you know you could get nudes on a flip phone i mean it it did so much that most games don't do that i think it is noteworthy but we're we're st- we're kind of still in some of that now like you play you know GTA Red Dead um not that you get uh nudes on a flip phone in Red Dead but those games are still following that path of mixing genres and, you know, near, for example, and, and sort of enveloping it all into, into a major, uh, or, or a big time narrative. So I actually, I think Catherine, for as much as I don't like most of it, I think it was really nuanced and unique for its time. So I, I don't have to like it to appreciate it. I'll say that. But I think it's it's certainly something that, you know, years down the road, we might look back and point to this game and say, that did some stuff that a lot of games before it didn't do. Okay, for sure. Catherine. Yeah. Final thoughts on Catherine? Um, I didn't hate it as much as Travis hated it. <laughs> I I really like puzzle games, and I really enjoyed the block puzzles, and I found myself, like, I would stop playing the game because I would get stuck or like I was at a good stopping point. And then like, I would just think about a puzzle be like, Oh, I, I know now how to do those things. The thing I would change about it. And I understand how it works in the game. It kind of works story wise, but you learn the techniques probably like the, after the level where it would have come in the most handy. Right. So, but I mean that, that plays into it because you're talking to Pete to other sheep and they're like, Oh, I just learned this new or I developed this new technique. And so it makes sense because they would have just gone through it, but I found it really frustrating because they would teach you a, a move. And I'm like, ah, oh, that would have been so good if I had known that move in the level I just beat. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like puzzle games and I like, I get, I guess I like sort of the, the other part of the game, the visual novel stuff when the interacting with other characters, the, the Venn diagram of people though, where, where there you find a gamer who likes both of those things. I don't know how many of them there are. I would recommend it to them, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to someone who just likes puzzle games or to someone who just likes uh, the RPG side of it, because the puzzles are really tough. They are really, really tough. And I think like maybe it's easier on very easier, very like you still have to solve it though in those in very easy mode, right? You have like some cheats and stuff, but you still have to be able to solve the puzzles. And like that could be for if you don't like puzzle games, that can be a like a real deterrent. So I recommend it to people who like both those genres and want to find a unique way to to combine them both. I give it six wedding bells out of 10. Thank you, Catherine. Ryan, let's get your lasting impressions and final thoughts. So I I didn't like it so much after beating the game. Uh, I'm going to kind of repeat what Travis said a little bit earlier here, where I felt like it wouldn't end. It it really felt like towards the end, like it was really kept saying, here's more, here's more. So that was very, 
uh, frustrating towards the end where you're like, this should have been over two nights ago. Even with that boss on two nights ago, I think that could have been a final boss. Anyways, uh, I swore a lot playing this game. I swore so much. And hats off to you, Musty, for keeping yourself pretty censored on your stream because there's no way I could have done this without you know censoring myself. Frustration was at an all-time high while playing this game. Let's go. I look back at it now, uh, and I kind of like it. it. You know, me probably being like a week out after beating it, you can relax. You look back on it, and I, I do kind of like the game. I'm I'm glad I played it here. I won't be rebuying the full body edition, and and mostly is because I don't want to replay the game. I want to explore maybe like a new game in the series. That's that's something that if they were announced like a Catherine two maybe with different characters. I, I just don't want to, just because they're throwing in just additional story or in one new character to the same story, it isn't something that makes me want to replay this game. I, I'd rather have something new than relive, essentially, um, what I just played here with just a little bit more content here. Um, I did like, though, that Vincent was voiced by Troy Baker, who is a fantastic voice actor. He's in a lot of games today. Essentially, is in almost every single game that's got required voice acting these days. If I did replay it, I'd probably just stick with my edition I have now because I felt that was fine. And Musty, what is your yeah. last impressions? So I recall being very, very, very fond of this game when I played it originally. And I'm still very fond of this game. I, I, I think it, 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 the challenge looking at it from just a challenge standpoint it is extremely fulfilling when you get it right and there were a lot of moments when i was playing it where it's like all of a sudden i'm like that's it i i, I got it i just need to climb up this this stretch and i and i i got it i nailed this puzzle like at the end uh there's a couple of spots where it's just you're just climbing up stairs and it's just keep going, just climb, 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 especially the, the escort mission, the end of that, there's easily like a 20 to 30 step uh, where you aren't pulling any blocks out. You're just climbing. And, uh, you know, it just, it feels good when you get the puzzle right. I think that the game isn't for everyone, as you guys have said, I, I think that you kind of have to find the right person for this that wants that kind of challenge and cares about that type of story. Because if you are lukewarm on either of those aspects, you're going to have a bad time. And I would encourage anyone who hasn't yet played it, commit to one Catherine out the out of the gate. Like make make up your mind to push that meter one direction or the other on your first playthrough the lukewarm middle ground endings, effectively the bad ending for either Catherine don't seem like they are. If that would have been my first experience, I would have been furious. And, and, and I was not happy with how the ending went. I was like, Hey, like at least give me the, like I get married to Catherine, but it's not like the, like, love triumphs over all ending right like like at least we're 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 happy but we're not like i don't know i haven't seen that ending yet so i i uh i i don't know how how everything goes down there but i feel like for the right person who kind of fits into those categories and really wants to get into both or really digs puzzles and 
isn't turned off by that type of animation or that type of storytelling will enjoy it. The remake, I mean, if if that's your entry point and that's how you want to get get into it, go for it. I am not I'm not running out to grab that when it comes out uh, right out the gate. Who knows? Again, a couple of years from now, maybe that maybe that changes. But for the right person, there's your entry point. If we've inspired you to to pick it up, uh, there's definitely stuff to be enjoyed. But I, you know, again, would recommend commit to a Catherine right away. Make 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 up your mind and go in that direction. And with that being said, that's the show, everyone. So with that, I'm going to thank our panel. So, Catherine, where can we find you on the internet? I, You can find me on Twitter. I am at K underscore, underscore song. And that's probably the best place to find me. Cool. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. Great to hear. And Travis, where can we find you on the internet? I am everywhere. You can find me at Nesfriend on YouTube. I am at Polykill and at Trav Plays Games on Twitter to boast both myself and my podcast. And both of those boast my YouTube channel. So I'm constantly boasting something in one of those three places. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. For myself, you can find me on Twitter at It's Rocket Sauce. I also have an Instagram with the same handle uh, where I usually share my pickups and whatnot. And um, I should say I'm mostly on the weekly hangouts uh, every Tuesday night. So you can, you know, if you want to chat, I'm normally there. And Musty, where can we find you on the internet? Yep. So you can find me on Twitter at Musty Hobbit and on YouTube at the YouTube channel Second Breakfast. So to those of you, uh, again, I would like to thank you all for uh, joining us here again with February wrapping up. We are moving into a new month, and that is March. And March's Game of the Month uh, is an indie title uh, and one that gained critical acclaim a couple of years back. And that is What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, and this is a fairly short game. So if you can find it, uh, probably take you two to three hours to finish. But there is so much story to dig into here. I'm really looking forward to that podcast. And we're lining up some really awesome guests to talk all about that. Now, to those of you who are interested in supporting the club beyond a review on the podcast app of your choice, I would like to again mention that the Cartridge Club is entirely funded by pledges made from members of our community, and we are extremely grateful to those supporters. So if you're interested in becoming one of them, please check out our offerings at patreon.com slash cartridge club, and even you can participate and be here for the live recordings of Cartridge Club Prime. We look forward to seeing you next month. CC Unite.